Lucy Parsons. Welcome to today's show. Well, our children are going back to school on the 8th of March, if you live in the UK, so I think everybody's very happy about that and um, looking forward to slightly more normal life. But hot on the heels of the announcement of everyone going back to school was the announcement about how grades are going to be awarded in 2021. So in today's show, I'm going to be talking about getting the grades this year and how to help your child reach their potential in this year's GCSE and A-level exams. It's been a tough two years for the current year 11s and 13s, but Having last week found out how their GCSE and A-level grades will be awarded, it means we're down to the last few months when they can demonstrate to their teachers what they can do and therefore what grades they deserve. In today's podcast, I'm going to outline what we know about how GCSE and A-level grades will be awarded in 2021 what we don't know about how schools are going to implement the guidelines, what will probably happen over the coming weeks in terms of how schools are going to manage the time leading up to when the grades have to be submitted, and what young people can do over the coming weeks to show their teachers what they're capable of. So let's get going. how GCSE and A-level grades will be awarded in 2021. So I've had a look at the government website just to kind of go straight to the horse's mouth if you like rather than um, go on what the media have said about this and um, I've put the links and there's two really good links. One is um, an article called how qualifications will be awarded in 2021 And the other one is an infographic that just outlines these things um, in detail. Um, It's a PDF infographic. So the links are at the bottom of the paragraph in today's show notes um, on this topic if you want to go back to the original source. But here I'm going to summarise what they say for you. So firstly, how grades will be worked out. So grades will be awarded by schools. Your child's teacher or teachers will work in collaboration with the other teachers in their school to fairly assign grades to all students in the school. Unlike last year, an algorithm will not be used to moderate the grades. Schools are encouraged to keep teaching and using their normal assessment tools for the rest of the academic year. Students will only be assessed on what they've been taught. However, heads of schools and colleges will be asked to confirm that students have been taught enough content for them to progress to the next stage of their education. This is to ensure that your child has a strong enough foundation to be able to cope with the subject at the next level. Teachers will share with students and their families what evidence their grade is based on. This is to make the process fair and transparent. 
Private candidates, so those are the people who have not been studying in school or in college, so they are putting themselves forward for the exams. So private candidates can work with a school, college or exam centre to provide evidence for them to be graded. That's how they're going to get the grades this year, whereas last year a lot, a lot of private candidates weren't able to get any grades with the arrangements that were put in place. And grades have to be submitted by schools to the exam boards by the 18th of June. So that's how grades are going to be worked out. Next, let's talk about what evidence can be used to support grades given. So what evidence the schools can use to support the grade they're awarding for each child. Mocks, tests, coursework and work already done can be used as evidence. This means that things like mocks will continue and students are encouraged to finish non-exam assessments and coursework wherever possible. Teachers will be asked to submit a separate grade for science practicals and language speaking assessments based on what's been done over the two years. So basically there's been a very limited um, scope for schools to do things like science practicals and probably not all of the ones that should have been completed will have been completed by the 18th of June. So um, schools have been asked to submit a grade for those kinds of things based on what has been done. Art and design grades will be based on each student's portfolio, whether it is complete or not. So there won't be practical art exams at the end of the course. Exam boards will be providing a question bank, which schools can use to assess students on the work they've done. So you might have heard about um, these kind of tests that the exam boards are putting together to give to the schools and this is what they're talking about so I think basically the premise of this is that they'll have lots of different questions on all of the different topics on the specification that could have been covered in the two years of study and schools can pick out the questions they want to put in front of students um, so students aren't faced with questions that they haven't actually done the work for um, and schools can use this question bank in a flexible way so in some schools they might be used in kind of exams in exam halls in others they might choose to do them very informally in class and results will be based on work already completed as well as future work so the results are based on all the work that students have done up till now but the work that students between do between now and the 18th of June or probably slightly before that and we'll talk about that why that is in a minute can be included to um, come up with the grade this is different from last year because all the work done after the schools closed for the first lockdown didn't count towards that year's grade and that basically meant that many students in year 11 and year 13 last year were left adrift with very little input or support from schools because they were focusing on younger students and um, whereas this year they're saying that the work does count okay and this is an opportunity really 
to learn a bit more because most students won't have covered everything that's in their courses and knowing more will set them up better for the next stage whether that's a levels or vocational courses or a degree um but it's also um an opportunity um for students to improve the grade that they're given this summer um and it's an incentive to keep trying basically and not just to kind of give up on their studies and finally let's talk about results so A-Level Results Day will be two weeks early on the 10th of August. So that's two weeks earlier than normal. And GCSE results will be on the 12th of August. So usually GCSE and A-Level results are, two, are a week apart, usually the second and third Thursdays in August. But this year it's going to be the 10th of August and the 12th of August, all in the same week. And that is so that if you're unhappy with your child's grade you will be able to appeal and the first step if you do want to appeal will be to submit an appeal to your child's school or college so basically the people who have awarded the grade and the people who have the evidence in front of them um, to be able to review that evidence to potentially change the grade so i hope that's helpful there is more information on the government article um, which I've linked to um, in today's show notes um, so if you are in a slightly more unusual situation or you have vocational qualifications to consider that kind of thing I would check out that article because I didn't really have space to include everything here I just wanted to kind of give the headlines so that the majority of the people knew what was happening going forwards Okay, so that's what we know so far. But what don't we know about how the grades are going to be awarded? Whilst the information that I've just given you gives us a lot more detail than we knew before, there are still significant things that we don't know. The most important part of this is how each individual school is going to implement all of those things for their students. This includes which types of evidence they're going to use to support the grades given. E.g. are they just going to use more formal types of assessments such as mocks, tests and coursework or will they use things like classwork and homework as well as evidence to support a grade given. Over what period of time will they take evidence from? So will they look back as far as the beginning of year 10 or the beginning of year 12 um, for evidence to support a GCSE or an A-level grade? Or will it mainly be um, evidence from this school year? Will it just be evidence from the time when they've been in school rather than um, during the lockdown, that kind of thing? We don't know. And those kinds of things will be very dependent on how each individual school has managed to operate through the year of the pandemic so far. How they will weight more recent evidence against earlier evidence in the course. So you could say that um, work done more recently is more indicative of a child's abilities than work done at the beginning of year 10. So you know, if they are going to look at evidence across th the two years of a course, you know, 
are they going to weight some of it more heavily than others? Um, another thing that we don't know is how long they will carry on teaching new material before they have to make final decisions about grades and submit them on June the 18th. I'll give you my ideas about what I think they might do in a minute, but um, different schools are going to take a different attitude to that. So I've seen anecdotally people saying, you know, there's going to be mocks as soon as students go back and then I would anticipate more tests or assessments in May, um, whereas other schools might be like, right, let's just teach so that um, our students get the opportunity to learn as much as possible from their courses. So th those kind of things are going to differ from one school to another. And then the last thing that we don't know, or that I've listed that we don't know, there's probably many, many other things that we don't know, but... Um, we don't know whether existing plans for mocks will be changed in light of this announcement. So, for example, if mocks were planned for the 8th of March, have they decided not to do those mocks because they think they'll do some assessments in April or May instead? And also how grades will be awarded to give more teaching time and assess later in the spring. So, basically, when you look at the timetable of between now and the 18th of June there's um the May half term holiday and there's also the two week Easter holiday and the May bank holiday so there's quite a lot of time taken out um across that time and if student if schools are going to set assessments you know that leaves very very little time for teaching um within the context of the timetable that we have before us so um the schools will make decisions about how they move forward, you know, based on that time that they have available to them and how they think it is best used. Okay, so that moves us on to what I think will probably happen over the coming weeks. Um, and this is for year 11s and year 13s. Um, and this is what I think will happen before the 18th of June when schools have to submit grades to exam boards. Please bear in mind that this is just my prediction of what schools can sensibly do in the time they have left at them before the 18th of June. It's really important that you understand what your child's school is planning once they've had a chance to put that plan together and publish it. And please be sympathetic towards schools because, you know, it was hot on the heels of the announcement that schools would go back on the 8th of March that these announcements about how exam grades would be awarded um, and basically schools have got so many unfamiliar logistical challenges to deal with at the moment so give them a chance to get their children back into schools before they start making firm announcements about how they're going to handle all this grading. Okay remembering that context here's kind of my prediction of what the next few weeks and months are going to look like so on the 8th of march students will return to school i would expect some kind of regrouping and a focus on well-being as well as seeing where students have got to with their at-home learning during the first week definitely maybe week or two 
Schools will carry on teaching the curriculum so that students finish their courses, having covered as much of the specification as possible. This will serve them when they move on to the next level of their education. But as I've already said, some schools are planning mocks for this week um, and they may even have them planned over two weeks. So it'll be interesting to see what schools do to balance that with the kind of well-being and all that kind of thing and settling back in. Okay, so with returning on the 8th of March, for most that will leave three weeks of actual school until the Easter holidays. I believe that students will be encouraged to revise what they've been taught during the Easter holidays so they're ready to take any final assessments or exams in the following half term. So when they return to school in April after the Easter holidays, I would expect schools to keep teaching for the rest of April, covering more of the syllabus for each subject and beginning to look at revision as well. Then in May, I would expect schools to give students a final chance to prove what level they're working at up until half term begins on the 28th of May. To do this, schools may choose to use the question banks set by exam boards to set different types of assessment. For some classes in schools, these might be informal in-class assessments. So there I'm thinking, you know, students in lower sets or um, students in with much more, many more vulnerable children in their areas might opt for more kind of informal in-class assessments. Other schools might choose to run formal exams in exam halls. But as I've said, it will very much depend on the demographics of the school, what will serve the students best, and also what parents are saying that they want. And, you know, if you've got a school with a very academic reputation, they might want to put students in an exam hall to take those assessments whereas if you've got a school full of very vulnerable children or you've got particularly classes with very vulnerable sorry (laughs) vulnerable children you might prefer to put them in in class assessments finally we get to june the first week of june is half term so teachers will probably use this time to mark any formal assessments taken in may Poor old teachers, they do work hard. The remaining two weeks of June will be used by schools to make final decisions about what grade to award each student and get this data ready to submit to exam boards. So two weeks is an incredibly short period of time to do this work, but when you look at the time available to schools, I I think it's the thing that will make sense. So... During that time, I would be surprised if that much teaching or assessment actually takes place. Um, In terms of assessment, I would guess that if students, if teachers feel that a particular student could do an awful lot better, um, they might ask for some final bits of work to support the grade that the teachers want to give them. Um, And in terms of teaching, I think the teaching subject content will either stop 
or teachers will start preparing students for the next stage during lesson time. So for example, if you've got um, GCSE students in a school which has a sixth form, you might start teaching them the A-level content in that couple of weeks or getting them ready for sixth form or you might do some kind of careers work or something like that with students. So that is my best guess about how schools um, might handle the time between the 8th of March and the 18th of June and I hope that's helpful in your thinking in terms of thinking about how to help your child pace themselves and be ready for whatever is coming their way. Okay, in the context of all of that then, how grades are going to be awarded um, and how the time might be used between now and June, what can your child do to get the best grades possible? So in this section, I want to talk about how you can help your child to put together a plan or set of intentions that will help them make the most of the time left available to them to improve their grade. This plan is not about putting undue pressure on them, but setting their direction so that they can achieve what they want or need to achieve, but also have some much needed balance in their lives. So the first thing you can do to help your child put together a plan is help them to focus on what they want to get out of this year. The year since the pandemic took over our lives has been a confusing, distracting and often demoralising time for our young people and us older people too. <laughs> this means your teen may have lost sight of what they want to achieve or they may have decided that their dreams are no longer possible because of the, because of the disruption to their education. Now would be a really good time to remember what they really want and reset their focus on achieving that goal. They might have had a university offer that's a bit of a stretch, but they really want to put the effort in to see if they can achieve it. They might have thought that with the disruption to their GCSE science learning, they don't stand a chance of doing science A-levels and becoming a doctor. Don't be so quick to write this off. Where there's a will, there's a way. And I've put a link to a blog post um, in today's show notes where I talked about um, how one refugee from Syria managed to become a fully trained doctor in the UK, even though he was refused by most medical schools in the UK. It's quite an inspiring story about achieving something against the odds. Um, the pandemic might also have changed the direction your child wants to go in for good. This is great. Life experience is what challenges and resets our direction. So if this has happened, help them find out what they need to do to achieve their new dream. So it might be something like they've realised they want to go into nursing because they want to help people and they want a secure job. Or... Um, I don't know, there might be anything to do with the pandemic. You know, they might have seen some of the messaging and they decided they want to go into political messaging and, you know, communications and that kind of thing. We don't know. But if this life experience has changed where they want to go, help them work out how they can get to that new destination. But most of all, 
with your child at this time, help them to be positive about the opportunity that is still open to them to learn, improve and grow in their achievements this academic year. Every lesson, day and week can move them towards a better place. If you need help with resetting your child's focus and maintaining a positive outlook, check out the Boost Your Motivation and Upgrade Your Mindset modules in the Extraordinaries Club. Um, the Boost Your Motivation module goes much more deeply into you know, what you want to do in the future, how to kind of set out a plan to get there, um, how to research what it's going to take to get there and all that kind of thing. And the Upgrade Your Mindset module is about how to think more positively and more resiliently about moving forwards every day towards achieving your your goals okay the second thing that you can do um to help your child is to help them be consistent setting goals is one thing but achieving them is another if your child is determined to get the most out of the time left this year they need to make sure that their behavior is aligned with achieving their goals This means being consistent about their learning. Here are some examples. Consistently turning up to learn with a growth mindset, being curious about how they can improve and move forward with every lesson. Putting in place a weekly routine that helps them consistently do the homework and revision that's set to make the most of the opportunity of tests, mocks and assessments and learn as much as they can from their courses in the time that's left, but also balances their academic studies with their well-being. Put in place some good study habits such as reading through class notes at the end of every day and doing the five-minute revision challenge. Creating a revision timetable for the Easter holidays and beyond, because that half-term after Easter will probably require revision as well, that balances their need to to revise with their need to rest and recuperate before the final push. And if you'd like any more help with any of those things, then manage your time, hone your habits and upgrade your mindset modules in the Extraordinaries Club can help with all of them. Right, thirdly, it should be encouraging your child to revise during the Easter holidays. With the grades being submitted by schools on the 18th of June, it means that pretty much all assessments, tests and mocks will have to be done between the Easter holidays and the May half term. This means that the Easter holidays will be the main time students are able to dedicate to revision. If you're interested in signing up for my Easter holiday revision Kickstarter workshop where I'll help your child put together a personalised plan for their Easter holiday revision, you can sign up to the waiting list. Um, It will be on the third Saturday, I think, in March. It's the 20th or something like that um, in the afternoon. Um, But if you sign up for the waiting list, you can sign up. We'll let you know when it's time to sign up and um, if you can't make it live then there will be a recording Um, but if you can't wait (laughs) until then for the help with revision inside the extraordinaries club we've got recordings of previous revision kickstarters over the years i've held them several times a year um 
and they're always really popular so you can access those as well as um, the plan your revision, optimise your revision techniques and revise for results modules and they're all inside the Extraordinaries Club which you can join today if you want that help absolutely immediately. Okay, the next really important thing that parents can do is to praise your child's efforts as we go through this time. Your child needs to know they're doing the right thing and that their efforts are recognised. Make sure you keep praising their effort and letting them know you're proud of them for how they're approaching their studies in this final stretch of their GCSE or A-level journey. Now, this is something that I say to all the parents I work with, praise effort, not results. And I think that's even more important at this point in time. Um, having, you know, students miss so much school and there having been so much disruption to their education through the two years of their GCSEs or A-levels, they need to understand that it's their effort at this moment in time that really matters more than anything over their results. If they do put in the right effort, they will see an outcome of that in their results. But just help them to understand that what they do now, you know, how hard they work right now, that's the really valuable thing at this point in time. That's how they change their future. And then lastly, the last thing you can do to help your child um, to reach their potential this summer is... Um, organ having something to look forward to so organizing something that your teenager can look forward to after all this is over it could be in may half term after the 18th of june or during the summer holidays you'll have to get guidance from your child's school about how much time they'll be expecting to expected to be in school after the 18th of June but I would anticipate that quite a lot of students will be let off the hook then <laughs> and they'll be able to do um you know go away and that kind of thing so having something arranged that's going to be fun and a complete break will be really motivating for your teen a reward for all their hard work and their forbearance through the lockdowns and all that kind of thing so it's over to you now I hope today's podcast has helped you to understand how your child's grades will be awarded this year, what you can expect from the rest of the academic year, what your child can do to get the best grades possible. Now it's over to you to help them move forward with clarity and focus to do the best they can. But if you or your child feel like you'd like some additional support, that's what the Extraordinaries Club is for. It's my online hub where I support students and their parents to reach their academic potential in the best way for them. And you can find out all about the Extraordinaries Club at theextraordinariesclub.com. Extraordinaries is spelt with an I-E-S at the end. So it's theextraordinariesclub.com. Or there's a link at the bottom of today's show notes. I really hope this podcast has been helpful for you today in putting together a clear plan to move forwards over these last few weeks. It's really helpful to have 
a bit more certainty around what's going on in education for the rest of this academic year and that certainty will hopefully set you up to be more resilient and your children as well and to um, plot that path through the rest of the academic year. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day and goodbye. Thank you.